Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. Mike uh, sent me one of those stories about a case of mistaken identity. And this is another crazy one. KVUE out of Texas. San Marcos police botched investigation led to a man's wrongful arrest. And it stemmed from a case of mistaken identity on social media. Social media. We've heard of people getting caught uh, who were apprehended because on social media they posted something. Or now it turns out they can just kind of poke around on social media and look for suspects, and uh, that can go sideways. 19-year-old man from Montgomery County was arrested for an assault that he did not commit, and it happened in a city he'd never been to. Law enforcement experts say the San Marcos police failed to take basic investigative steps before getting a warrant for his arrest. The man says police based his arrest almost entirely on a Facebook picture in a case of mistaken identity that left him battling to clear his name. Now, the department has acknowledged the incident. So he shared his story with the news. He had just finished a full day of classes at Sam Houston State University and was heading home from his night job at Pizza Hut, where he delivers pizzas. When he got in his Camry at around 10.30, he had no idea he wouldn't actually be going home. So that became his worst nightmare. He followed his usual 10-minute route, in the Houston suburbs along FM 1097 through his hometown of Willis, Texas, before turning onto the quiet two-lane road as he entered the intersection at FM, 30, um, at FM 380, which is now marked with a stoplight, a sheriff's deputy stopped him for failing to make a complete stop. So I saw her turn right behind me, right here, and she flipped her lights on. So he pulled into a parking lot. When the cop pulled me over, it was the first time ever being pulled over, I was scared. I wasn't doing anything wrong, but I was scared. Less than a mile from home, he said he thought he'd just get a ticket and be on his way. Instead, a second deputy arrived. Both walked up to my window, and she told me to get out of the car. She said, I had a warrant out for my arrest for assault with bodily injury. I was like, where did this happen? Where did the assault happen? Her response was, Hayes County. And I'm like, can you tell me where Hayes County is? And she said, I don't know. He spent 16 hours in the county jail, confused about how he could possibly be charged with a crime that happened in a city 200 miles away, uh, for which, of course, he could face a year in jail. So it's a serious charge. And he says he'd never been to San Marcos and was stunned by the assault allegation. On the day of his release... He and his father started making phone calls to try to find out what could have possibly led to the arrest. When you call a town three hours away and you try to talk to their police department, they aren't going to talk a lot about it. Dozens of calls and months later, they finally unraveled what happened. Much of what they discovered is described in a lawsuit the man's now filed against the city and the police officers and the supervisors. And in that lawsuit, he says, a man in San Marcos was the victim of an assault by multiple men. Outside a bar, the man told police he positively identified one of the alleged assailants. And police later arrested and charged that suspect with assault. Well, that suspect happened to be from the same hometown as this guy. But this guy apparently even knew him a little bit, but hadn't seen him in years. The lawsuit claims the assault victim then identified this man as another suspect after scrolling through the social media feeds. Suit says he saw a picture of this man and told San Marcos, that's the second perpetrator. 
suit goes on to allege that in an effort to place the man in San Marcos, the lead investigator got information that this man was a student at Texas State University, which would put him in San Marcos. That information, of course, turned out to be incorrect, but not before the warrant was issued. The warrant popped up that night on that county deputy's car, so they pulled him over. Uh, The KVUE defenders shared the case with a national law enforcement expert in Los Angeles who specializes in police procedures and says, if you want to see a wrong investigation, look at this case. He told the defenders at San Marcos police failed to take basic investigative steps before getting a warrant for the arrest, such as questioning the suspect. What a novel idea. You have to corroborate what the witness is telling you, and how you corroborate that is you do your basic independent investigation. Talk to the person, find out where that person was. Do they have an alibi? And you investigate those alibis as well. Among other things, this guy's got a job. It's real easy to check his work records. I mean, that's just a thought. I don't know. I'm not a cop. So the expert said what happened represents a failure of both investigators and supervisors. The city of San Marcos responded to the lawsuit by asking the court to dismiss it. <laughs> hey, why not ask, you know? The defenders asked the police for an interview for the story, but they provided a written statement instead that says, The police department responded to a report of an aggravated assault causing serious bodily injury on July 8th, 2021. This man you're talking about was specifically identified by the assault victim as one of the assailants to a police officer here. That officer worked with Texas State University officials to identify the potential suspect. The officer prepared a probable cause affidavit, specifically setting out the source of the identification and its communications with the university. This resulted in an arrest warrant being issued by the local magistrate judge. After the arrest, we received information, et cetera, et cetera. And the point here is they're now blaming the school because they're saying they worked with Texas State University officials to identify the potential suspect, but they are saying he didn't go that he didn't go to that school. So you would never think something like this could happen to you, the man said. He believes the San Marcos Police Department should face accountability. That's why he is pursuing a case against the city. Several of its officers and supervisors involved in the investigation that led to his wrongful arrest. It's just totally crazy that it happened to me. I shouldn't have had to prove my innocence, but in this situation, I definitely did. Now, a TV station reached out to the Hayes County Justice of the Peace, who is the judge who signed the arrest warrant. Um, experts say often the first set of checks and balances for the criminal justice system is for judges to make sure police met their burden for an arrest. And the judge declined to comment. And so we've talked before about how, for instance, indictments are really easy to get, but grand juries, you know, the joke is you could indict a ham sandwich. Arrest warrants are also very easy to get because you take out an affidavit and you fill it out and you say, we got this information, this information, this information, and you sign it and you submit it to a judge. And a judge glances at it along with all the other things they get that day. Most often, they don't nitpick these things because they usually contain all the information necessary to make for a good arrest. I mean, that's, that's you know, um, surveillance footage showed this person breaking into this building. Uh, an alarm was set off. Police arrived, and they found this person in the building. We'd like an arrest warrant for this person that was caught in the building. I <laughs> I'm making stuff up, but the point is that I've read a few of these affidavits. But I've mentioned before Timothy Masters, the guy who was convicted and spent 10 years in prison for murder he did not commit in Colorado. 
he and I co-wrote a book about his experience called Drawn to Injustice. And I've read the affidavit that was submitted for his arrest. And it was more than 10 pages in length. And it was filled with so much nonsense that you'd think a judge would have looked at it and said, huh, let me get this straight. You found graffiti in orange spray paint on the wall of a culvert a mile from this man's house. And you think that is relevant to a murder that you say he committed? Is there any connection between him and the spray, the spray paint? No. Any connection between him and the culvert? No. Any connection between him and the graffiti? No. Why is that in the affidavit? Well, you've heard the saying, throw it all up against the wall and see what sticks. So once in a while, these magistrates get confronted with these affidavits that are this thick. They start flipping through it and they go, ah, it looks good. And so I'm sure what they said here was, well, the victim identified this person. That's usually a pretty good start. But somebody would need to ask, wait, the victim identified a person who lives 200 miles away. Now you might want to double check some factoids in there. Just, just some, I don't know. I don't know. So there's a lawsuit pending. We'll see what happens. But the man spent a good chunk of a day in jail when he's just coming home from his job at Pizza Hut. Delivering those wonderful Pizza Hut pizzas. I like Pizza Hut, and there aren't any near me. Uh, they're, they're hard to find these days. It's sad. So that's the story. Micah, thanks for sending it. San Marcos police's botched investigation led to a man's wrongful arrest from KVUE, and Tony Plohetsky wrote that. Questions or comments, put them below. Let's talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Leto's Law. The trouble with learning from experience is that you never graduate.